to these disciples, but they could not cast him out. And now I, I stepped back and wondered, why could they not? Now, Mark's narrative does tell us in verse 29 that Jesus answered that question when the disciples asked, and he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Okay? So, so this right here, this needs something more. But I also have to look ahead in Mark, and you can look at it later on over lunch, but Mark tells us that these boys were having a little discussion a little bit later on, and they were arguing about who would be the greatest. They had arguments like this several times, several of the gospel accounts tell us. And Chris and I were talking about this earlier, and, and we, we, we added our sanctified imagination and said, I wonder if, you know, three disciples were up on the mountain with Jesus, and the other nine were not. I wonder if they were walking along the road, and the other three were saying, guys, let's tell you what we saw, man. We saw him transformed, and Elijah, and we saw, and the other, well, you, don't, you think you're better than us? Well, no, just, but... They just had this opportunity to use the authority that Jesus gave them, and they missed it. And then a few verses later, they're arguing about who's the greatest. And I wonder if they missed this opportunity to heal and set free this little boy because they were focused on themselves. Or maybe, having walked with Jesus for a little while, they've gotten a little comfortable. With the Son of God, you're watching him a few chapters before. He has delivered a woman, a Gentile woman at that, who had come to him desperate because, after all, demons are not respecters of gender. And so they had inflicted a little girl. And this mother had come to Jesus begging him. And you know the story. Jesus had said, I've come to the Gentiles. And she had said, I'm desperate. I will be a dog. Whatever it takes, I will take the crumbs. But I'm desperate for my daughter to be healed. And Jesus set that girl free. But I wonder if they'd gotten comfortable. They'd seen a few miracles. A few chapters before tells us that they actually had cast out some demons. I wonder if they got just a little full of themselves. A little bit excited about having a little authority. A little bit of power. And I wonder if they came to this opportunity and forgot that it's not about their power. It's not by my might, it's not by my power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Nevertheless, every gospel account we need to understand tells us that this father said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cast him out. And I love Jesus' response, and your parents are going to love this. <laughs> Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long? Shall I bear with you? I looked up the Message Bible version, and essentially, Jesus says, You have no sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? Have any of you parents said that? How many times do I have to tell you? I know you kids are like, <laughs> But essentially, Jesus is saying to them, and, and this, that phrase, is directed to his disciples who have been following him, who have been watching him, who failed to exercise the authority that he gave them. You can sense it's a venting moment for Jesus, God in the flesh. It's a moment of, guys, how, how did you miss this? How, much, how many times do I have to remind you? 
I also wonder if Jesus felt pained because he knew this father was desperate. And you had the opportunity to alleviate his desperation by healing his son and setting him free. And you missed it. And I'm frustrated with you. I take this narrative to heart and I wonder, wow, what is it that God has had to go over and over and over with me? And, and I'm still missing it. And this is an amazing moment for us to see the compassion and the humanity of our God, who is long-suffering. Who is long-suffering. Every gospel passage also has Jesus recorded as saying, bring him to me. Bring him to me. I will take care of this. So Mark's account also gives us this beautiful, personal narrative. And I thought about you doctors in our midst and you nurses. And I know when I bring my children to the doctor and say there's a, something on their skin, a good doctor is always going to ask, how long has it been there? Because that's going to give you some more details. If it just appeared yesterday, that's one thing. But if this has been there for a couple of months, we're dealing with something else, right? And so Jesus so kindly and compassionately gives a personal moment to authenticate the struggle of this father. And in verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? I love that grace. I love the love of Jesus to ask his father, share your story with me. And the father responds. And he said, from childhood, verse 22, and often he has been thrown, it has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So let's, let's sum up what this father has had to endure, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Physically, his son has bruises and burns from the fire and from falling. His son is mute. His son is prone to unpredictable and regular seizures, convulsions. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. So can you imagine how often he could take him to a public place? Could they go to the temple to worship? Emotionally, this father cannot communicate with his only child. Now, I know some of you fathers <laughs> might be thinking that actually wouldn't be that bad sometimes to not be able to communicate. But... His only child, he could not communicate with him. He was mute. This father had to keep watch at all times for fear of drowning or burning. So there was no go outside and play. He had years of torture, years of near-death experiences on a regular basis. He had to become used to pain and torture, constant anxiety, and no... Um, no, no options, we don't know the options for medicine, but, but in that day we know there, there was not a, a foundation for epilepsy or a network or, 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 so, or, or so on. And then spiritually, this father had to be weary from living under constant spiritual warfare and fighting demons. And not like the songs that talk, you know, you're fighting a demon. No, a for real fighting a demon constantly. But we know he had a mustard seed faith. Because a little bit later in Mark's gospel, Jesus is going to talk to his sons about mustard seed faith. He had enough faith 
to be willing to give Jesus a try. Um, we also know that he was desperate because Matthew tells us that he, he knelt down and he cried out. He wasn't too proud to beg. He was a believer, but he also had doubts. You know, earlier in, in the Gospels, that mother had come and begged Jesus to free her demon-possessed daughter. And I wonder, using our sanctified imagination, if he had heard about that and heard there's a miracle worker, there's a teacher who casts a demon out of a little girl. And he thought, what do I have to lose? I might as well give him a try. Jesus says in verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now zero in on that if, because this is this opportunity for God to call up this father's faith. Because he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, I will take whatever you can give, and I'm not really sure what that is. Jesus wants his father to understand Maybe you don't know who I am, but let me let you know who I am. There's no if with me. There's no can I do it. And so in that moment, I love that Jesus called his faith up. And look at this father's response. And so many of us love this and we quote this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. Now, it, it looks like it's a contradiction. Like, how do you say believe and unbelieve in the same sentence? But every word of God is true. And I love that God recorded this because truthfully, this is every one of us. There's a mixture of faith and doubt at all times. There's a mixture of, I know you're able, God, but I'm not sure. And I think when we read this, it's a reminder to us and it's an assurance to us that there is a place for both. Because he said this to Jesus, make no mistake, I, I do believe I'm here. I brought my son to you, but I still have doubts. So help me overcome my unbelief. And as I, as I thought about this today, I wanted us to consider we know how this story ends. Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit in verse 25. The people were trying to have a rock star moment again, and that's not what Jesus was about. He was here for this child and his father. He said to that deaf and dumb spirit, come, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. And he healed that boy, and he set him free. He set the father free. He brought deliverance to this desperation. I want us to consider, what are you desperate for? Psalm 42, David said, my soul thirsts for God. Psalm 63, David said, my flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land. Now, I'm not sure, but I think it's, safe to say that probably no one in this room is literally desperate for water. We have a, a water fountain. We have restrooms here. Most of us 
had the opportunity to eat today. Maybe not what we wanted to eat, but we have access to food. You know, in scripture, we've seen beggars who were blind, who were willing to yell and make themselves look crazy because they were desperate for sight. We see parents that had sick kids, Jairus, who said, I don't even need you to come to my house. You can just speak the word. I'm desperate. I will find you in a crowd. We see the woman with the issue of blood who was desperate enough to just fight the crowd and touch just the hem, just, just the tiniest part of Jesus' garment. That's all. She was desperate enough. She didn't even need his attention. She just needed the hem of his garment. We see friends, my favorite Bible story, who were desperate enough for their friend, not even for their self, that they would go on someone's roof and cut a hole in the roof and lower their lame friend because they were desperate for their friend's healing. We see so many accounts of desperation in Scripture. The thing about desperation is it's not concern about dignity or who else is around. And I thought about that this morning when we were worshiping and we were singing that God is a way maker and a miracle worker. And when you're desperate for a way, you don't care about what people think. You don't have time for that because you're desperate. And I even wonder in my sanctified imagination if the commotion that we see at the beginning of this chapter is because the father even brought his son out in public because he was desperate to get to this teacher and it caused a commotion. Maybe he started seizing in the moment. Maybe he started foaming at the mouth. And, and maybe he started gnashing his teeth. And, 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 and the demon started acting out. And we see that the end of the Mark narrative where the demon convulsed and, and this little boy became as a dead person. But this father was desperate. It didn't matter. He was willing to take the risk. He had nothing to lose. Desperation seeks Jesus because no one else can help. God's heart is drawn to the desperate because desperation demonstrates faith. And we know that faith pleases God. Desperation is born out of deep need. And if you've been in touch with the news at all this week, you know about many desperate parents probably not unlike this father at our borders. And you know about the, the arguments and unfortunately the lack of compassion that these parents and these children who've been separated from them have endured in this country, the land of the free. And we need to pray and we need to reach out to um, our elected officials because there by the grace of God, we could be that desperate parent who was willing to cross a border and do whatever it took because of the needs of their child. I've not endured this kind of desperation, but I know we have families in this church. I know there are families watching on live stream. And maybe your story is not like this father's. Maybe it's not a demon-possessed child. Maybe it's not a child who's prone to seizures and, and this demon is attempting suicide with your child on a regular basis. But Maybe there's another burden. Maybe it's something that people in this body don't even know about. Not all desperation is bad because when it leads us and drives us to Jesus, he is the only one who can satisfy and set free. 
And so I want us to take a moment and pray. And I want to extend an opportunity for any in this room who, like this father, are desperate. We've got an altar that is wide and vast. You've got your seats. You've got your knees. I want us to take some time. And I want us to examine our hearts. And I want us to examine what we are desperate for. And I want us to ask God to purify our hearts. If our desperations and our desires are for things that will never satisfy. Maybe some of us realize our desperation is for sugar. Our desperation is for a new this or a new that because we think those things are going to satisfy us and they won't. Or maybe we've already tried those things. We know the addiction of being desperate for a drug or anything else. Maybe the call is for us to pray for someone in our life who we know is desperate for something. And Jesus is the only one who can satisfy that. Let's take a few moments. I want us to pray, and then I want to just open the altar up, and we will close as the Spirit leads. Bow your heads with me, and I want us to just take a quiet moment. God, we're so grateful for the beauty and the power of your word. We are so grateful that you have recorded these narratives, these truths. Jesus, these opportunities that you revealed your power, especially to the weak, especially to the desperate. To a father who was so desperate, Lord, you don't tell us how many years. His son had suffered, but we know he had suffered since childhood. So this was a painful journey that he had endured for a long time. And Lord, there are people in this body who have endured a painful season for a long time. And like this father, Lord, they are desperate. Lord, there are some in this body I know who have been crying out to you. And Lord, their faith is struggling. Lord, maybe they believe the lie or they've heard the lie that there's such a thing as a perfect faith. That if you, if you do it right, that you will get exactly what you want from God. And they have looked to you in disappointment because they believe their faith is imperfect. Lord, may they be encouraged by this father today who could say to Jesus, I believe but help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, truly, that's the prayer of every heart. Help us overcome our unbelief. We confess to you that we do believe, Jesus. Thank you that in this word and in this moment, you are calling our faith up. You are speaking to some of us. Do you know who I am? There's no if with me. I am able. I am all-powerful. I am the way maker. Lord, we bring our desperation before you. And I pray now in this, this season of prayer that, Lord, we would acknowledge we are desperate for you, that we would cry out as David did, as many of the psalmists did, Lord, that, that they longed for you, that their flesh 
was thirsty for you, God, for the living God. Thank you that we've come to your sanctuary. And so now, Lord, we take this season of prayer. And any of you who, who can identify with that desperation, if you want to bring that burden to this altar, I invite you to come. Parents, if you have an affliction that you are enduring, if you have a child, maybe that child is with you, maybe that child is not. If you're watching us live stream and you want to get on your knees right now, you want to speak the name of your child, or maybe you are like that friend, those friends who brought their friend to Jesus and they were willing to cut a hole in a roof. They were desperate for their friend. Whatever it may be, let's take a moment as the instrument plays and let's bring our desperation to the only one who can bring Jesus, that you had compassion on this father. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved and cared enough for his pain to ask him, how long has your son been like this? Thank you that you didn't ask that, Jesus, because you needed to know. You gave him an opportunity to share his burden. And I thank you that your word tells us that we can cast our burdens on you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for mothers. And on this day, fathers who bring their ailing, hurting children to you. Thank you for friends who see our pain and they bring us before your throne of grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you invite us Bring him, bring her to me. Forgive us, Lord, when we've tried to do it on our own. Forgive us, Lord, when we didn't have the faith to even try to come. Forgive us when we threw up our hands or maybe even threw stones rather than saying, Lord, I'm desperate. 
I'm desperate for myself or I'm desperate for my loved one. But thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for the teaching of the word. Thank you for this reminder again that you are able, you are capable, you are willing. You have all power and all authority. As you've said before, which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. Thank you, Lord, that you not only have power to heal bodies, but also to save and change souls. There's nobody like you. We've searched all over, but there's no one like you. Bless you that we could come into your house and be reminded today that our faith could be strengthened through the preaching and teaching of the word today. Thank you, Lord. And again, thank you for every dad who brings his child or his children to Jesus. Lord, that's the greatest thing we can ever do. Thank you for this encouragement for us today. And now, Lord, as we leave this place, we read this blessing over your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen, amen, amen. amen. Go in peace today, God's children. Go in peace.